Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. The All-American Boy. How you doing? Yes. Been doing all right. How you been? Well, two days ago, I was doing okay. Today, I'm still doing okay. I'm telling you, it's like we're doing an almost daily podcast now. Yep. Hey, maybe it's not a bad idea. You know what? Because we can do we can do one every day. We can do do two hours every day. But anyway, um, yeah. So tonight we're going to discuss Mike the Miz, Mizanin. Love him or hate him, is it justified? Because the Miz has become kind of a polarizing figure, and right now he's the current WWE champion. Not the world champion. They don't like calling it the world champion, but he is the WWE, uh, the current WWE champion. Granted, that may change tonight because he has a match with Bobby Lashley here in about 20 minutes. So while we're actually doing the podcast, the match is going to be on. That is a pure coincidence. That was not planned. So if anybody thinks otherwise, well, fully on you. But before we start, <clears throat> I want to give some contact and listening info for anybody. If anybody's listening and wishes to call in during the broadcast and actually give your own opinion about The Miz, it's area code 319-527-6089. If anybody has any feedback, if any ideas, anything like that, if you just want to say hi to us, it, just email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. We're on Twitter, at Booking Armchair. We have a YouTube channel. It's pretty threadbare right now, but we do have it, and we will be adding stuff in the future. You can find our, this, you'll be able to find this broadcast and all of our archive broadcasts at iHeartRadio, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. And before I move on, I want to give a quick update. Uh, we have not been actually posting or talking about the GoFundMe site for uh, Small and Mean Selena Dean's mother. We have been doing that in the past, but I did reach out to uh, Selena Dean just to give her, kind of ask for an update on her mom, and she responded back, and she said, quote, she is doing pretty good. She just had lymph node surgery, but they couldn't get all the cancer, but she is going to see a specialist soon after she heals and will have surgery again to remove it from her neck area. Then she will start radiation. But she is hopeful it will be over soon. Thank you for asking. So I'd say that's that's good news, Kyle. What, what do you say? It sounds like good news. And, of course, the fact her workplace is taking care of her, um, that's that's also good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's always good when you have somebody who actually looks out for you. And was there any... Any big wrestling news this week before we get started? Not in the past two days. Uh, Zelina Vega is about to be a free agent. Her no-compete clause is ending. Coming up. Yep. You think she'll go AEW? Without a doubt. And what do you think will happen with her husband, Aleister Black? Still off TV. They're not coming out and saying... uh, why 
he's not on television. Same with Buddy Murphy and Andrade. It's, you know, if you're not in favor with Vince, you're not going to make television. But the big mystery is why hasn't Bo Dallas been on TV in over 400 days? Well, hold on. The big news is he is dating Liv Morgan. Now, is that a shoot? That's true. Wow. And they're living together, and he is um, starting a a realty business with her and preparing for life post-wrestling. And that that is something you don't hear very often. So that must run in their family leaving their wives to get with somebody in the wrestling business. Upgrading. Well, yeah, you shouldn't have an overlap, though. And that's what they both did. But anyway, (laughs) you know, um, as we're moving away... We don't know because we're not there, so you don't want to be judgmental. You're true. Oh, no, Bray Wyatt, I mean, yeah, he was having an affair with JoJo. I mean, that all came out. So, it it is uh, always interesting backstage who's dating who, and the couples, and, you know, it's hard to uh, maintain a marriage when you're never home. Yep, and that's what we talked about last week. We were talking about the the couples in wrestling. And speaking of couples, and I'll just go ahead and segue right into it. Of course, The Miz, he has uh, his wife, who's actually pointed before in the ring, uh, Maurice. Maurice, did I pronounce it correctly? I think so. Yes. And, of course... He had actually been wrestling for a while before they got together. But The Miz, let's talk about The Miz. What is your impression of The Miz, Kyle? So my wife and I both watched uh, The Real World, and he was on The Real World cast, uh, I believe, for New Orleans. If oh, No, back to New York. So this goes all the way back to 2001. So we we saw him as a a fresh faced 21, 22 year old on television who joked about being a professional wrestler. So in, in the military, how many people did you know? that talked about being a pro wrestler in 98, 99, 2000. Besides you? You know, to be honest with you, not too many. Not not really any that I can recall. Well, you you were smart enough to leave the dorms. Uh, I was a dorm resident, and a very popular event in those years. Lots of wrestling fans at the time. Were 
we actually tried out at a Maryland wrestling school to see if uh, we could make it. So we had a bet who would make it the longest. So to see someone on television with that dream actually pursue it, it you you have to respect him. Yeah. And here's what I've kind of noticed. Like some of the the old timers, and I'll, I'll mention specifically Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette doesn't seem to be a big fan of The Miz. Uh, I don't know if they maybe they had some conflicts when The Miz was in OVW. But I personally, I like The Miz. I think he's talented. I think he, he he's a good talker. He can perform the moves well. He can sell well. He reminds me of Tully Blanchard. Ooh. Yeah, straight up. Because, and with a little bit of Ted DiBiase thrown in, because he can perform like the, um, kind of the chicken heel where he's, you know, the little cowardly heel where he'll, he'll kind of duck into the corner underneath the ropes. Well, no, he can't touch me, ref. But then he'll come out. His, his move set is great. The skull question finale is a good finishing move. Um, it's one of those <coughs> where you look and you don't want to have a, a finishing move where you have to lift somebody up. You know, the, the best ones, you don't have to lift them. You don't have to come off the top rope. You don't even have to, to come off, off the ropes like you're, um, like you're bouncing off the ropes. And you can perform so, it just about at any time. Um, I do not see Tully Blanchard in the Miz at all. Really? I see uh, maybe Terry Taylor. And, and here's why. Tully was a football player. And there's a different different way you carry yourself. Do you know what sport the Miz did in high school? Basketball and cross country. He was a swimmer. Well, well, yeah. Are you sure? Basketball, oh, yeah, and a swimmer, yeah. Basketball, cross country, and he was a swimmer. He was the captain of the basketball and cross country teams. But not not a tough guy sport. Not a – like, look at his extracurriculars – uh, student yearbook that doesn't scream uh, tough guy it screams popular it screams popular and that kind of segues into what he his initial career was he made a career out of being on a reality television he was the first He's the Kardashian of the real world. Except for he's actually entertaining. So the the first thing as a wrestler, um, you look at Tully Blanchard even now on AEW, The Miz is pretty. That's the easiest way to put it. He is, um, I guess the term today is Metro. Well, Tully Blanchard 
is not a metro sexual. Uh, Tully Blanchard, when even before, even pre Four Horsemen, uh, actually even pre Baby Doll, um, but especially when he did pair up with Baby Doll, he came out there. He was dressed up nice. You know, he was like a step down from Ric Flair because Ric Flair was the one who was coming out there um, bragging about his. Uh, how much money he's spending. But Tully was doing the same thing. And now the term metrosexual wasn't around back then, and I don't think he was going that far anyway. But, I mean, he did carry himself pretty well. I mean, he wasn't looking like a slob by any means. And no, he was, but... And he was cocky. Well, so cocky. was The Miz. Now, I'm just saying, style, not, not necessarily the, the same athletic background, because, I mean, The Miz does have an athletic background. But it's not the same as, as Tully. But their styles in the ring and his presence and how he carries himself reminds me of Tully. If you ran into those two, so we'll put Polly Blanchard, The Miz, and Terry Taylor in a bar, and you get into a fight with one of them, you're not picking Tully Blanchard. Probably not. You're picking The Miz or Terry Taylor. Uh, well, I saw some dude pick a fight with the Miz. It was on. Um, I don't, there's a clip of it on YouTube, and the Miz about jacked his jaws because the guy for some reason was thinking the Miz couldn't fight, and he actually swung at him, and they were having to hold the Miz back from just killing the guy. But, Here's the even better. The Miz is. Our version of the honky tonk man. No, the honky tonk man is just noxious. Couldn't stand him. Honky tonk man was a coward, chicken heel. Cocky, overly cocky. Ah, he, he's our version of the honky tonk man. No, no, no. Never, never, never. The Honky Tonk Man was just annoying. I mean, when the Honky Tonk Man's matches would come on, I would leave the room. The Miz, I will actually watch. Just like here in 15 minutes when he and Bobby Lashley are having their match. I'm going to watch it. So is this match for ratings? It might be because they get, apparently they have advertised it. I actually didn't know what was going on. Um, until after we had already talked about podcasts. I mean, that's, that's real. So, but The Miz, as we know, he was, The Miz was created on the real world. Yep. Give him credit. Uh, the Miz character, that's him, angry. Uh, to the 10th power. So he, he, uh, he created that on the real world show, but did five years of reality television. Like imagine doing that as a job. And you're including tough enough in there as well, right? Not yet. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I didn't know if you were actually including that. 
So he, he competed against other reality show contestants, did Battle of the Network reality stars, Fear Factor, Um, the the man made a living his first couple years and became very popular doing reality TV in its infancy. Now, do you think people are still looking at that? And that's why some people, they don't, they, they honestly don't want to take him seriously as a wrestler even though he's been wrestling now for, what, 14 years? When you go to work every day, do people still see you as a military veteran? Uh, No, because, um, I mean, there's a few things on my desk which identify me as a veteran, uh, one of which was actually presented to me by the company. You know, but well, the way my hair looks, I mean, you can't look at me and say, "Oh, yeah, he's he's definitely still in the military." I mean, th- there are other veterans in um, in my office, not necessarily on my team, but you can. But they they kind as of, a veteran, although you have let yourself uh, grow out of your military habits. I'm a retired senior NCO. That's what we do. You're you're always a veteran. You yes. never stop being really. You never stop being a reality to- show contestant, even though he's lived double, triple the period as a wrestler. I said fourteen years is actually about eighteen years. So it's uh. He definitely got an advantage because of his path through reality television. But when he started his career in wrestling, he didn't start with the WWE. He didn't start in OVW. He actually started in California with Ultimate Pro Wrestling. Right. That's where he went to train, and these are the same people who trained John Cena and some other ones, too. But, I mean, that's the um, the main one is John Cena. But, of course, there's also Samoa Joe, and there's uh, Christopher Daniels, and and they have a lot of other people who actually wrestled for them at one point or another. I didn't realize the Road Warriors, actually, apparently they wrestled for them. Um, at one point. Well, it's a tough one because he did his training at Ultimate Pro Wrestling. But then then he went to Tough Enough. No, you cut me off. Sorry. Bad. He, uh, he did his training at UPW, but he didn't work the indies. Right. And that that's a big difference. He... Uh, he is seen as not paying his dues because he he did get a shortcut through through tough enough and all of them uh 
all of them got somewhat of a hard time. I mean, look at Matt Capitelli from from the main roster because they didn't have to to starve and to put in thousands of miles to their way. They kind of bypassed that. They got a they got an opportunity and he should be given credit for taking advantage of it. But that's where this this wrestling business it's it's jealousy. It is. And that's one of the things that I, I get the whole thing about paying your dues because um I'm pretty sure you saw, you know, even in you know, obviously, you know, your military career didn't last as, as long as mine. But when you had a brand new airman, or in our case, since we were joint service, you know, a soldier, a sailor, a marine, and they came to our section and they were cocky to the point where I know everything there is to know about this job. Therefore, I could, I should be allowed to do what I want. And, and actually, I'll give you an example. This is when I was in um, Masawa, you know, when I was in Japan the first time. There was a girl, not going to say names, but she started on our flight and declared because she was a, the head student leader. She was a red rope. Oh. Yeah, she was a red rope in tech school. She should be allowed to sit wherever she wanted. And that right there, you know, kind of sets people. She didn't, she didn't start off on the right foot with anybody. Now, granted, it led to the the best uh, Jeep joke, or in wrestling terminology, rib. One of the best ones, one of the most original ones, and one that you couldn't pull all the time. She, that's all she talked. Well, I was a red rope. Well, I was a red rope. I was a red rope. So. Her supervisor actually played the joke on her. She took some official letterhead, this memorandum that said she was owed back pay for being a red rope. And he had it routed to her, you know, where she was sitting. And she got it and she stood up, you know, flipped people off and See, F y'all, I told y'all, you know, I should get paid for this. And and she walked up to the uh, the master sergeant who was in charge of all the, you know, she was basically the watch chief for that area. And she's like, Sergeant so-and-so, I, I need to go down to finance, you know, to take care of this. And the master sergeant looked at it, and then she looked back at the young airman and said, don't sit down. They're playing a joke on you. And that's when everybody busted out laughing, and her face got about as red as that rope she used to have. And she never mentioned it again. But but that was a case of when she is sitting there with all you know these people who are higher ranking than her, for one thing, in some cases a lot higher ranking, and if we had to wear our dress uniform, you could, you know, we when we wore our ribbons, and and here she was sitting there with, um, well, she actually had three because she was an autograd in text or autograd from basic, but everybody else was sitting there with 
you know, three, four full rows. And But she's declaring that she should be the one to decide things because she was a red rope. Now, that's a case of, no, you haven't paid your dues. You have gone through tech school. Well, but it, it's also a case that the senior people around her failed. They what? They failed her. Uh, you're talking wow. about the ones in, in tech school? No. Well, even te- tech school in a way, but when she got to her first base, why did she have to learn it that way? If that wasn't the way things were done. Oh, because she was that arrogant. Oh, trust me, I could tell you some stories about this girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, she all oh, she that, was. A, she would trust me. She was a special case. That plays into the Miz. Um. With with arrogance, um, the stories of his backstage antics during Tough Enough, much like the military, professional wrestling has a unwritten set of rules. There's a hierarchy. There's a pecking order. Now, I would argue that should there be, I met many of people in the military who didn't know the job as well as I did, who knew the political game, you sat with someone and you worked with someone who worked, what, three days a month because they were teaching the commander's son a second language? Oh, oh. um, Or... You talk about the one who who became a nope. um, he became an officer later on. because he knew how to play the game. Yes, I actually ran and into re- him by the way. Anyway, wrestling is the same way. They may teach you at UPW how to take bumps, but how many veterans hold the Miz's initial introduction into the wrestling business? against him because he didn't know the backstage etiquette and the unwritten rules and maybe no one took the chance to tell him. And I think I, I never, just from watching the first couple of seasons of Tough Enough, I didn't catch the third and fourth seasons. But I know part of that Al Snow, he was trying to teach them about some of the like the unwritten things, like when you're on a road when you're on a road trip. Even if you're a passenger, you don't fall asleep, and you know because it's it's considered rude, it's considered bad taste, just things like that. Well, um, think about this because you just said you missed his season. That was season four, right? They did season four with wacky contests that made it seem like a reality show. Because this is the Daniel Peter season where he and Kurt Angle got into an issue. Peter treated the match like it was a shoot fight. That's what he was told. Now, was he told... Was Daniel told it was supposed to be a shoot fight? Because He, he wasn't wisened up that it wasn't. 
so th- that's the difference. If it, it, it's like me, where I am wrong, I may hold things against you that you don't know, right? You may do the same thing for me, or um, or your your wife may do the same thing for me because I. Uh, and I didn't, but I know how I get blamed for this song. Um, at your reception that some of your relatives took offense to. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. That there is an unwritten etiquette that I was not told about. I had no idea. We were having fun. I thought. Unwritten and here it is. You've been married 22 years. Yeah, it'll be 22 years in May. And I guarantee one of the things that it said is what the song at the reception, because you still remember it. I don't. Uh, you know, because I didn't even know any of that was going on until all of a sudden somebody got up and they were leaving. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why does so-and-so look mad? And he's grabbing his kids and walking out the door. But, um, but see, I found him, and I just remember the name of the song because it's a funny name of a song. Um, but, but anyway, you know, back to the Miz. Is that a reason? Because all that stuff happened with the Miz, what eighteen years ago? Probably less than that. You know, probably about sixteen years ago. You know, is that still a reason to not have respect for him now? Because I'd say, at least in the WWE, I mean, they've they put title upon title on him. I mean, right now, he is a two-time Grand Slam champion with him holding the, uh, the WWE title right now. Well, you, you look at the Miz, and I mean, we're jumping way ahead now, but... He went through the tough enough system and did not win his show. He was second place? Fourth. He may have been a runner-up. You're right. And, and he didn't um, – he, he won um, because of the fans. So he, he got enough fan reaction – because he's the guy with the name. Other than Pewter, Miz had had the name. But look at how today, if we're going to go there, look at how they book him. Do you have it on right now? Yeah. Okay. They're, he's faking a groin injury right now. I don't even have to have the sound on to know that's what he's doing. Yeah, I have, I have the caption turned on. So he, he's trying to get out of a match. Which makes him Nobody. like the, the coward heel. And when you, you look at that, nobody wants to buy the shirt of a coward. No, Honestly. And this is where he doesn't get the credit. He is one of the few heels to be heelish. Right. 
and heels usually don't really sell merchandise anyway. And when they start selling merchandise for them, that's when they kind of turn them face, you know, when people are demanding the merchandise. You know, prime example of that being Rusev. Because the fans started chanting Rusev Day, Rusev Day, and then they made the shirts. I have a shirt. My son has a shirt, Rusev Day. And, you know, they ended up turning him face, and then he ended up leaving and all that. And they had Lana marrying Bobby Lashley and did not marry Bobby Lashley, and they just kind of quietly stopped all that because nobody was buying it, and it was stupid. (laughs) But I just – I think people are still looking at the way The Miz started in the business because they don't respect the people from Tough Enough. And it's because when they first – really, it's like it's almost like the winners of Tough Enough are the ones who kind of caused the, the backlash because the winners were given a guaranteed $1 million contract. And now that I could get where you do have some guy who's been – you know, who may had – Maybe they did start in the Indies, and they worked their way up through like a Ring of Honor or through an Impact, and they ended up coming through NXT or back in the day when they had they were still using OVW. They were using SCW and Heartland Championship Wrestling out of uh, Cincinnati, and you know they're like, yeah, I've been busting my rear end, and you know when I was starting out wrestling, you know I was doing it for you know thirty dollars a night. Barely even paid my gas. And then you had these people who go through this training for, what, four months? And they're given a million-dollar contract. And they're like, I have yet to see a million-dollar contract. But but they don't realize it's a contract for $250,000 that can be renewed three times. It's not you want $50. Yeah, but I mean, but they don't see that. All they see is advertised million dollars, and even they may not even be making a quarter of a million. And sometimes maybe they are. They're like, well, this guy's starting out making a quarter million. I mean, look at oh, maybe All right, we're back. You can't move during the podcast. And, you know, sadly, I didn't even move. I wasn't even moving. I don't know what just happened. But anyway, last words I said were Maven, and apparently that triggered something, and it made the phone hang up. Um, well, here, here's the thing. You, you have Maven, Nydia, Linda Miles, Jackie Gita. Matt Capitelli, John Morrison, Daniel Pewter, and whatever the last two words is are irrelevant. Um, why is it John Morrison getting the same flat flack that the Miz is? Because John Morrison was not on the other reality TV shows. No. 
John Morrison is a world champion in Impact Wrestling. A he left. Do you say because he left? Because he left the WWE, went to other ones, and then came back. John Morrison um, is not a solely a WWE product. So look, look at who's the Miz's biz, biggest critics, Jim Cornette. He doesn't look at the Miz as a real wrestler. Because well, he didn't, he's a product of the WWE system. But you can also say the same thing about Charlotte Flair. But does he does Cornette criticize Charlotte Flair the way he does the Miz? I would have to listen more to his podcast. Um Charlotte the replays on YouTube. As talented as the Miz is, Charlotte Flair would wrestle circles around him. Maybe. And the simple thing the Miz could not perform a figure, couldn't get it right. He does now. But he botched it many times. And that's what he got criticized for. He was given a move from Ric Flair for whatever reason and couldn't perform it properly. Grabbed the wrong leg. Put it on backwards. Well... Uh, well, the leg, it just kind of depends on your preference. It, it, it's a simple thing I can explain to my child. Grab the left leg, do a circle around it, trap it. The trap leg over the extended right leg, fall to the ground, and tweak based on that leverage point. It really does hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so... There are things that he he botched. Now, why he botched or whose fault it is or whatever, uh, hard to say, but he gets overly criticized for his mistakes in comparison to other wrestlers, let's say Nia Jax. At least the Miz doesn't have to worry about his hole. <laughs> Where did Nia Jax start? Nia Jax is a WWE product, but didn't do the Tough Enough show. And look at all the ones who have been the the, the Tough Enough uh, winners. With Matt, Matt Capitelli, I'm not going to include him because that's, um, you know, that's actually a tragedy. You know, with him passing away because of cancer. Now that's a different story. But look at Matt. Kyle, say that again. You need to really stop mentioning Maven's name. Yeah, I have a feeling. I think I know what's going on because, I mean, I wasn't even moving. Right now I'm holding the phone up to my ear, so I guess I'll do this for the next, you know, hour. <laughs> but um, there's some earbuds 
some Bluetooth earbuds. In fact, hold on, let me let me turn the Bluetooth off my phone. But you you go through the tough enough winners. Okay. None of them none of them were successful. Right. And um even the last set, I think Liv Morgan was more successful than the girl that won. Yep. Uh, I can't remember any of the males. Like, all I remember is the goofy one from Louisiana. The one that had the um, – actually, <laughs> that finishing movie came up with, I actually thought was kind of <laughs> kind of neat. But um, there's – that way of coming in – they just weren't t- – you're a reality show contestant. You're not a wrestler. You didn't come in the way the rest of us did. Well, the last season of Tough Enough, I mean, my issue with that one was when they had – a lot of it was based on fan votes. And when anytime you have something like that, it's like American Idol. It, it's not necessarily based on talent. It's based on popularity. And well, – but, well, like that, you said, the beat, go ahead. Is that not what the wrestling business is about? Say again? Is that not what the wrestling business is about? Yes and no. Because you look at something like, well, and this is like, I guess, unpopularity. A few years ago, Roman Reigns. They were trying to push and push and push him based on how they, they felt he was the most talented but the fans were not having it. But well, after, go ahead. They they weren't having the character that was being pushed. Okay. They the the fans tell WWE all the time what they want. Here's a perfect example based on today's product, Cesaro. Uh, five years ago, two, well, six years ago now, 2015, he was tremendously over with the giant swing. So what is, what is, <laughs> I like Cesaro. I hate that move. What does WWE do? They tell him to stop doing the move. People don't watch your product. You took away something the fans were getting behind. Well, he started doing the move again. But take that, and what's happening is he's getting reactions again. Right. Now, I don't like the giant swing in and of itself, but how he transitions into the uh, the sharpshooter or the scorpion, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, how we transition to that, I do like that. But you take – you brought it because you own the shirt, Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They break Rusev and Adam, Aiden English up and throw Lana back in, mess her up. Anything that is not their idea, they find a way to ruin what we say they, what we really should be saying is he. 
Well, I, I mean, vague because the writers, the rest of the the team, are too cowardly to stand up to Vince McMahon. But you you look at the Miz as you go through this. Uh, what's the most legendary story of the Miz in his early career? In his early career, when he first started in WWE. He wasn't allowed to change in the locker room with the other guys. Was that because – was he the one that with the chicken? He ate fried chicken over someone's bag. So he didn't know uh, – well, obviously, that's a crappy human being thing to do anyway. Now that, make, to be honest with you, that comes back to, you know, his mom and dad. You know, Somebody should have told him about that one. But – it didn't happen, and he broke locker room etiquette, and what do you do there? They The locker room responded, and this was a wrestler's court, and his punishment was he was thrown out of the locker room for six months. Go change in the bathroom with the rest of the fans. But he learned. He he learned it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's you know when they say the Miz hasn't paid his dues, that right there, you know they made him pay his dues. It's like you're going to learn one way or another. And now obviously, I mean that was how long ago, and he's still around and he's still doing good, and he's not just caught in the mid card. He's not like Dolph, and I always compare those two because their uh, their backgrounds are, as far as like their personal backgrounds are kind of similar where they're from, and and their styles are a little similar, and their look is a little similar. Um, but Dolph right now, they've kind of turned him into the jobber to the stars. Well, here's the sad thing, and I'm jumping ahead. Not but, jump around. I mean, this is, you know, it's not necessarily a, a a timeline from A to Z. I mean, we could jump all over the place. But you, you're going to see the Miz lose to Bobby Lashley here, and less than an hour. It, if it doesn't happen tonight, because it's already been baited and switched for a ratings increase. But it's they're going to mess something up at the end as well. So he's not going to wrestle Lashley tonight in an actual match. And he's going to lose to Lashley, let's say, fast lane. And he's going to lose to Bad Bunny, the terrible Latin rapper with the the magic poof hair. Those are bunny ears. Those, if if that haircut was around me, I would find a way to shave it. <laughs> But, okay, bunny ears. The man is going to lose to a celebrity at WrestleMania. Which I do not agree with. But you know it's going to happen. Oh, I know. And I have i didn't necessarily have an issue with Bam Bam losing to Lawrence Taylor. Because Lawrence Taylor was a very, very legitimate athlete. And Lawrence Taylor actually put, put the work in. And... Um, 
and Bam Bam carried that match. And Bam Bam also got paid. Bam Bam got paid for doing that. But the ones I do have an issue with are is somebody like a Dennis Rodman, and even Carl Malone. You know, and I like them as basketball players. You know, you're talking two of the top NBA players ever. But them coming in with little to no training and going over. You know some the actual wrestlers, and that's why like Roddy Piper um, always hated Mr. T because Mr. T had a little bit of a boxing background, but that was about it. And they had Mr. T going over Piper not just once but twice on the, the biggest stage. You know the the very first biggest stage, but. This goes to set a historical precedent that wrestlers hate putting over people that didn't, that weren't, didn't put their dues in for the business. Right. And it's, it's historical. It goes way back. Yeah, because WrestleMania was not the first time. So that's the whole thing. Um, You took a shortcut, and you're being placed ahead of me, and I don't think you earned your way. Or it could be like Jake Roberts when they had Muhammad Ali make an appearance in the Mid-South area way back in the day. And all these wrestlers were jumping in the ring, going after Ali, and, of course, he's swinging, boom, knocking him down, swinging, boom, knocking him down. And it's still Muhammad Ali. I mean, let's not, let's not get too stupid. If Muhammad Ali you know, were to hit you, you'd probably go down legit. But he swung and hit Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts just stood there. He hit him again. He just stood there, and he looked at him, and he started doing a shuffling feet. And they said, now, why did you do that? He said, because I have to get it. I have to work here tomorrow. He doesn't. Right. So, and oh, who was it that big show when he gets to WrestleMania? Mayweather. Boy, Mayweather. And, now, granted, Mayweather, I mean, he, you know, he's legit. You know, if he hits you, you're probably going to go down. Because, I mean, that's what he does for a living. But he's still not a wrestler. Without question. And, and what that do to the Big Show? Um, well, the Big Show, he had been jobbed out so many times by that point, And then even after that, you know, I don't know how bad it hurt him. I mean, I, think, I will say it did hurt him probably. You know, I think people... Um, well, especially after Big Show left for a while and came back and he was all jacked and he had the six-pack. And um, and I was there the night that the ring broke in Columbus and everybody was actually clapping, you know, thank you, Big Show, thank you, Big Show, and he had tears in his eyes because just a year before that, people were saying, please retire, please retire. So it was a complete 180. But... So yeah. it's a it's a tough subject that 
you you mentioned, but you bring up tough enough and all that. He he did bypass years of road duties. And, and we don't know if he set up the ring and all the stuff, if he carried bags, but be legitimate. The unwritten rules of wrestling definitely did him in with the exceptions. Well, the locker room etiquette, that was going to be something that he was going to have to learn regardless. Because not everybody had the, you know, not every organization has the, you're going to carry their bags. They do have the, you're going to build the ring. You're going to help set up the ring. Because that means you're going to have respect for the ring. It's like when when I go to the gym every morning, one thing I wish the gym had was a gym etiquette class. Oh, oh, yes. No, it doesn't matter what you're eating. When you're in the locker room and you're naked, there should be a towel around you. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred times yes. When you use weights, you unload the bar because no one should have to clean up after you in the gym. When um, you're done with the equipment, spray it off with the sanitizer. And this is pre-COVID. You know, this isn't just a COVID thing, but, you know, with the spray bottle, you spray off the equipment and you wipe it down for the next person. Now, if the next person says, don't worry about it, I got it, hey, you're good to go. And, and, but, and you you have people, and, and I, I know uh, our mutual friend who called in a couple weeks ago, he kind of went off on this. But uh, I know I am teaching my child who's lifting and working out with me and by himself wear clothes appropriate for your body type yes nobody wants to see your jiggles the same way no one wants your string muscle shirt with all your flesh touching all the equipment um there were people i know um same person we used to work out at a Bally's in the morning in Pentagon City. And there was a dude that would baby oil himself before he worked out every morning. Oh. And it, it just disgusting. Oh. And there are certain things like etiquette. You would think this is a common courtesy But, well, on military gyms, they do have the signs. Spray off your equipment, put your weights back when you're done. But military gyms for military members. Even when you're not in uniform, there is a code of conduct. Do you think, do you think all, everybody still obeys those signs, though? Uh, nope. all the It depends who's in the room. I know when when I worked out uh, at our base, I cleaned up after everything I did. But that that is me. Yeah, that's you. But there was always uh, there's always unwritten rules in every environment. Or don't wear excessive cologne or perfume. How about wear something to cover your bo? I, if it is cologne, good for you. Don't don't be excessive though. 
We uh, yesterday was upper body day, and there is a grunter in our gym in the mornings when we work out on Sundays, and loud, like you can hear him from across the room. So we make it a point as a joke to have the loudest adult film moan during our lifts <laughs> that we can muster for entertainment just so he gets the point that it's not necessary. And we don't have to pull that one, that one out of the bag too often, but it's unwritten rules. And, and the Miz, he, he he definitely paid for his his offense. If I am correct, uh, Chris Benoit also had him do 500 Hindu squats. Yeah. And that was a another long term punishment. But think about this: the Miz, like I said, is still there and he's still thriving whereas you've had other instances where they broke an etiquette rule, unwritten rule Enzo Amore that's a good one (laughs) yeah, you know Enzo Amore, not exactly skilled in the ring but his charisma his mic skills were off the chart and the man could talk and then, you know, you had Big Cass with him. Big Cass, his size alone was actually getting people to like him. And people liked Enzo and Cass because even my son, one time he came in and he watched it. He said, my name is Leighton, and I am five years old, and you can't teach that. Right. So, yes, I mean, people, I mean, they respond to that. And then you start to hear the stories about how Enzo was kicked off their charter bus when they were over in Europe because running his mouth. Well, there's a lot of things Enzo etiquette rules. Enzo as a human being was not a, the most courtesy courteous to others around him. Right. So, one, if you're on a bus like that, you don't need to be on a uh, a loud phone call. That That is courtesy. You, you text in that environment, and you call later. I mean, if there's some kind of emergency, that, that's a little bit different. But if you're just chatting, you know, shooting we, the bull, now that's – no. What he was doing was bragging about how much money he made and different things he was doing. And, I mean, they were selling merchandise, and he he was doing all right. But look, look what it did to his future earning potential. So, I mean, you, you go through uh, someone you compared The Miz to – Holly Blanchard was more politically correct backstage. His substance abuse issue with the cocaine wouldn't have prevented him from rejoining WCW and ending his wrestling career. 
Because when he was in WCW um, the first time, well, I guess the only time, he started uh, making some making some noise about Dusty Rhodes booking. And the next thing you know, totally was kicked off the plane. He was a complainer, and that's something Miz gets, should get credit for. When he learned there were unwritten rules, he shut his mouth and just let his work do this hawking. Right. So in a way, now he didn't make the road trips. He didn't make the 600-mile one-way road trips for you know, for 15 bucks and a free buffet. But he has paid his dues as far as he took his, his licks, he took his punishment, and he's actually learned from them because he wanted to be a wrestler because he actually loved the wrestling business. It was actually something he respected. But he didn't know about the other stuff. Like you said, I mean, maybe the trainers should actually explain to them about um, the locker room etiquette, the unwritten rules. Because I don't even – I mean, now, granted, we don't work for the company, so we don't even know if they even have wrestlers court anymore. Because the Undertaker's retired. He was the one well, – he was the one, you know, who was the judge and the jury and executioner at wrestler's court. Wrestler's court in itself is now politically incorrect. However, we could both say in our, certain workplaces – a version of wrestler's court would be uh, more than welcome today's society. You'd, you would have to, just as long as you, there's some lines you, you still don't cross, and as long as people wouldn't go overboard with it. Because there's a reason why the Air Force got rid of correctional custody. Because you had commanders who were um, abusing it. Yeah. And I, that's the thing. You'd have to really watch it. And just like movie A Few Good Men, and I, I have a feeling that's what you're talking about. And But that's the Marines. The Marines definitely take care of their own, for better or for worse. Well, um, I really got to watch what I say here, but there was a circumstance, and I mean, we came in with certain staff members, and the guy I'm speaking of, I ran into in his last year, and there were a group of us in the dorms, and there happened to be a person who was abusing his spouse. Okay. So he got out of the house, moved into the dorms. They'd get back together after a couple months. He'd do it again. He'd get kicked out of the house. It, it was a, a cycle. He had a room at the end of my hall. Yeah. So they, had, they basically had the room waiting for him? Yeah. They never, after the second time, they never took his name off the room. They kept it for him. So the third offense, the first sergeant, excuse me, unnamed military member came up to our rooms, and this was after hours when we were all on personal time, and asked us to help him move his stuff. 
And if he happened to learn a, a lesson while he were helping him out, be for the benefit of all of us. So if he happened to trip accidentally while we were helping him move, um, it, it was not a negative thing. So it was an unwritten education not to hit his spouse. This wasn't somebody I knew, was it? It might have been someone you knew. You'll have to to text me the name. So, I mean, those type of things, like, boy, if you you hit your spouse, like my son, my wife had a friend who um, came to our housewarming party, my son's fifth birthday, um, with a black eye. Well, how'd you get it? And it happened to be that her boyfriend slapped her. Well, in the middle of the night, he was highly encouraged to move out of their house. Never touched her again. Hmm. But now, see, I don't, I don't see the Miz beating on Mar- uh, Maurice. No, I, but. Unwritten rules, versions of wrestlers' court, they do they do apply to some situations. I, same thing, uh, my, my son, when he was in school, they had a boy who, in class, and I took him and a few of his friends and I said if you just so happen to get out of the range of the cameras and I may have told him where and hit him here, here, and here, he'll never hit your friend. <laughs> just lessons. It should be obvious to us as males it's not appropriate no matter what to hit a female. Exactly. Too frequently. It's yep. the same thing. It should not be appropriate to drink and drive. And it's illegal. But some dummies still do it. Yeah. It, it should also be illegal to drive slow in the fast lane. Yeah, I encountered that a couple times today. I'm way to work and my way home from work. But... You take the the Miz in his unwritten, like, I do squats for conditioning, but not in the 500 range. Like, the amount of cardiovascular conditioning, and you imagine Benoit being the one that does this to you, you know he goes one through 500 in a row. Like, he, he's not stopping. Right. And, and oh, it's got to be past parallel. Like, it, it takes a a strong human being to do that and to come back for more. Le- lesser human beings have whittled under the pressure of Bradshaw or um, – what was the guy's name? Parker Cannon got picked on once and he quit wrestling. 
there there was a female that got hazed one time um, for some imagery that they found in a strip club overseas, and she quit. Like the the stories, Matt Stryker get getting a hard time in, in the in the locker room. The Miz dressed in a public bathroom and kept coming back, even though I'm not one of the guys. I'm ostracized. I'm being treated different. Like imagine going into a workplace for six months where no one likes you or has to act like it. Well, he he wanted to be there. And you you look at his accomplishments, like you can uh, definitely list them multiple times tag team champion. So I, I think his his best uh best work was with John Morrison as a tag team champion. He was definitely entertaining with John Morrison. His work with the big show as a tag team wrestler. What was it? The Miz the Miz show? <laughs> well you also had him and our truth. Him and our truth and Awesome Truth could have been a real good tag team, except for our truths failed drug test. Yeah, well. But work with Damian Mizdow, our, our standout, but he called him Mizdow as the stunt double. I actually was not that big of a fan of that. I, I, I don't know. I just thought they could have used... Um, Damien Sandow a little bit better. Well, maybe it's because when they did an interview, it was either with Jericho or Austin on their podcast, they stayed in character. And I was like, really? Everybody else is doing a shoot interview, but you're going to do this? But, well, I mean, it, but I mean, it, 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 and it did give Miz some pretty good heat as far as, you know, being a heel. It's like, oh, now we don't like him because of the way, you know, he's treating Damien Sandow. I just, I just something about the the Miz Dow. I don't know. It just kind of bugged me. The stunt double. I don't know who Damian Miz Dow made mad backstage, but <laughs> the, the stunt double act was fantastic. Now, when they broke him up, which was the goal for the yeah, money, I mean, and you knew that was going to happen eventually. And, and for Miz Dow not to win, that's what did him in. But that's the that's the unfortunate thing of WWE booking. That's not the Miz's fault, right? But I, I mean, I, I think his important thing: two-time Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, he which is back, really weird. Which he won it in back-to-back years. So he wanted as a tag team wrestler and a singles wrestler. Now, this will go back to the question in the title of the show. Is the hate for The Miz, well, I'll say still justified? Because maybe in the beginning it was a little justified. Do you think it's still justified? 
Because some people, they just will not get over that initial impression they had of him. It doesn't matter what he's accomplished since then. It doesn't matter how good he is in the ring, how good he is in the mic. I, I If you think about it, granted he's not he's not Cena. But on the heel side, which is where he's been best, because uh, he's naturally unlikable. Starting with his haircut, and we've already talked about this. <laughs> uh, starting with the haircut, there are things about him that naturally make him unlikable. It, the hate is not warranted. Be, because... Granted, the product's not super hot. The television show kind of sucks. But he, he's been a, a stable, consistent wrestler for 18 years. And don't forget, you know, talk about the hatred. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, he was the most hated wrestler of the year in 2011. Uh, the most improved wrestler in 2016, but also in 2011, he was their number one of the PWI 500. After work then, and, and this, this he's going to have a job in WWE as long as he wants it, but main event then won, won his match at WrestleMania. So main evented WrestleMania and beat John Cena, which in itself is rare. Right. He, like, what more could he do? Like, you can't ask, you can't ask for him to do anything more than he's already done. And for someone that gets as much flack as he does, when he's asked to lose, he loses. Like, you, you, you have not heard anything, any issues about him backstage since his initial introduction. Since the chicken incident. Since the incident of chicken flesh. He's been a main eventer, and he's been an opening match, and in all spots in between. Like, he should really be a credit because he's been, he's been an asset to the program and perform whatever role he's needed to perform for the good of the company. And he's also become the Marine. And, I've never seen. I've never seen any of those movies. I don't know if you have, but I I watched the first one with John Cena, and I have since been done. Yeah, apparently they made six of them, and um, the Miz is he was Jake Carter, who apparently is the Marine. He was the part of Royal Jake Carter in number three, number four, number five, and number six. But anyway. But again, performing a role, they needed him for WWE Studios. Okay. 
and to his credit, and we talk about people in the business all the time, when it comes to doing the extra work, so maybe maybe stuff that's not paid, commercials, radio show interviews, stuff like that, the Miz is the first to volunteer. He's and very that, he's very comfortable. Well, the Miz is very comfortable in front of the cameras. He's very comfortable on the mic. He's very comfortable being in the public eye. And I don't even know if he really necessarily searches out the public eye. I mean, you kind of you do have to some considering the the profession that he chose to be in and the profession the other professions in addition to that. But I don't know if it's necessarily an ego thing for him because, like you said, you don't hear those kind of stories. Now, his the one story you do hear about him is whatever happened between him and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that seemed pretty legit. Like that wasn't just for you know that wasn't just for the cameras, just so they could have something to kind of promote something. I mean, that and, seemed and, like it was he was digging into Daniel Bryan, and that is something. Uh, Daniel Bryan was an indie darling who came up the hard way, paid his dues the hard way, and he gets put with someone who's viewed as a a reality show contestant in The Miz. And, right. And regardless of how he came up or how he came in, he's still a... WWE superstar and he's still the veteran in the locker room based on how long he's been there so that was uh, a weird dynamic to put them together and you could tell like and, and we don't hear anything bad about Daniel Bryan either but you can tell there is dissension on how the how the, the way even with the legitimate heat between them two, it did make for some pretty decent matches, and that's one of the things. You know, wherever the Miz is on the card, if he's in the opening match, if he's in the middle of the match, if he's in the main event, he's going to bring it, and he's going to want to put on the best match of the day, and. And when you put him and Daniel Bryan in there together, Daniel Bryan's got the same mentality of, I'm going to go all out. So you know the matches are going to be good. And for I remember, they were good. They, they were good. I mean, his mixed matches with Maurice against Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella were, were all good. They... There, there's so many things, and it all goes back to WWE booking, but uh, it it's a special talent to be the first match on the card and to yes. play every role in between, to include the bathroom match. And let's not kid ourselves, that does exist. <laughs> he, 
done every role on the card. And why should like I legitimately uh, other than his haircut and I mean you're right he doesn't have the full hawk now it's more of a dad haircut but the original full hawk that he had the moment he came on the screen I hate the guy (laughs) and he plays the heel and he cheats he plays the heel and he he cowers down. He backs off. He plays the chicken heel. And he's been a face. Or a good guy. He's <laughs> the stuff with his dad though. Um his dad came in and, and helped him as a wrestler. Also, also entertaining. And, you know, and if their if their parents were not wrestlers or famous in some way, I've never really cared for when they bring them in. You know, maybe it's because of the the whole deal with uh, Judy Bagwell. Oh, that was bad, Judy yeah. Bagwell. And, you know, because they had her involved, like, way, way too much. You know, the Judy Bagwell on a fork. Yeah, the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Uh, I mean, the man clearly, for the benefit, uh, and I'm sure he benefits, but the company needs to put out additional television on the USA Network and him and his wife are doing a show. And granted, it's not something I'd watch. Yeah, I'm, no, I, mean, I don't. I don't watch the Total Bellas. I don't watch the Total Divas. You know, I don't. I don't watch the side shows like that because to me, I, I like. I'm a fan of wrestling. But he, he's comfortable with it. It. It benefits him, and apparently it does okay ratings, so they keep doing it, and it's, like, good for them. Like, he does whatever they ask, really. There's one thing left for him to do. Actually, a couple things. Uh, But I'll just list just the one. He has not won a Royal Rumble. No. And maybe that's something, you know, um, well, it would have to be in the next few years, you know, while he's still um, kind of still at the top of his game. I mean, I think he, he may have slowed down some, but I'd say he'd, he still brings it. But they'd have to say, okay, the Miz, Royal Rumble winner, which means he's going to get the title shot at WrestleMania. Not necessarily the last match, at WrestleMania, but more than likely. Like, I I don't see The Miz winning the Royal Rumble. And, and the hard thing is we discuss this. I don't see The Miz being completely appreciated until he retires and probably gets a Hall of Fame invite. 
one of the things I could honestly see the Miz doing because he's already kind of done it already. I could see the Miz being a manager, kind of like what MVP is doing now. I, I like MVP as the manager. I like him better as a manager than a wrestler. I think that's perfect for him, and he's doing a great job at it. And I could see the Miz doing that because I mean he's he's um didn't he have the B team? They were the they were the Miz Taraj. Right. So, but it's shown that he can he that. His character is kind of perfect for that. I think when he finishes as an active wrestler, that he will be done. And, and this is not that he's not capable. It's that he has so many diverse things outside of the wrestling business that he's going to go on to achieve something else. But just what would that thing be? I mean, I think he begins a manager or he, I don't know how, how dedicated he is as far as like the storylines. Do you think he he could be an, uh, a backstage agent? I don't see him as an agent. I don't see him as a manager. And truly, like, I think when he's done, he's going to get out of the business and do something else. But his place is on the announce team. Yeah, he would do good there. And you'll the, the managers, MVP is a good one. I'm not sure what they're doing with Alexa Bliss right now. I'm not sure either. Um, you know, they're starting to get into um, dangerous ground with you know with the pentagrams and things like that. Um, they they have a guy Marcus Bivens in NXT that's a manager, but not. I, I don't know where. Managers fell out of out of fashion in, in WWE. That's a a different discussion. It's something that a true manager like MVP is still part time wrestler. Right. Well, he just. I mean, he's got a legit uh, leg injury right now, so uh, he's kind of confined to that manager role, but. I think he's really good at that. Uh, Paul Heyman, well, he's not a manager. He's an advocate. Same thing. He's a mouthpiece. Yeah, and now with Roman being a heel, he doesn't need one. But Bobby Lashley does. Yes. There are many, many others that need a mouthpiece. So there, and, and there are more. There, there's a a lost art of talking people into seats or for ratings, and that that's just something not 
not coming across in today's product. And they, I can't – I can see managers coming back a little because they have them in AEW or – you know, they're not necessarily calling them managers. Maybe they're calling them advisors because you have AA, Art Anderson. He's coming in there accompanying Dustin – or not, not Dustin, but Cody Rhodes. Well, the and, whole um, – is he with the whole Natural Nightmares now? Or the whole whatever Cody Rhodes' group is? Uh, maybe. I mean, I know he was he was advising Cody. But you also have Tully, who's accompanying um, – I want to call him the Revival, but they're not the Revival anymore. Sure. Yeah. And in fact, he's actually going to be wrestling, apparently, Wednesday night. I don't see him doing much. No. I mean, but... I mean he's, he's in his 60s, and he hasn't actually – wrestled in probably, you know, 20 years. But and, and Jake Roberts is the mouthpiece, but how he fits with the murder hawk Lance Archer, right, never never explained. The the other thing is um there's one one more Taz yeah, he's kind of the ringleader of his posse. So it, it doesn't so, – some of those things don't make sense or haven't been explained. But that's all all writing. Like, we we grew up on Jimmy Hart, J.J. Dillon, Slick, Bobby Heenan. The Fuji. Fuji. Yeah, that was the name I was trying to remember the other night. Fuji doesn't have, never had like a giant stable, but he always had a few wrestlers. Right. And there, um, Polly Dangerously had the Dangerous Alliance. And what was it? Robert Parker had the stud stable. Yep. But you, you could do a stable of, Jobbers, and you know this this manager is like trying to get them over, and they're really like enhancement talent, but for whatever reason they don't want to put them on the screen, and it's uh, unique. We're watching it right now, but you you can't blame the Miz for today's writing or how the product has changed. It's more of a television show than it is a arena business now. It is. And do his segments go up or do people change the channel when he's on the screen? And, and, that, about, and we're talking about Miz. Yeah, that that's the ultimate thing. Whether Cornette and the older group that criticize him or not, do do people change change to see him, or do they change the channel? And obviously, he's net positive. There's not many who 
viewers increase when he's on the screen. Yes. And that that's the whole the whole point of the WWE product. Now, I'm not going to get the network to watch The Miz wrestle. I don't think I've seen a Miz 24 special or a special on him. But people aren't changing the channel to whatever's on television at 10 o'clock on Monday night. And right now, this is a title match for the WWE title. Now, they have way too many title matches on, um, well, like you said, this should be on a pay-per-view. But it does kind of make me wonder, there's going to be a swerve happening here, and there goes the miss. And he's running. Well... <laughs> Makes me laugh, literally. But that that is his character, which means there's gonna be a stipulation at Fast Lane. No run rule. Um some sort of cage match, something that keeps him in in the cage. Which makes me go back to my original comparison of The Miz to Tully Blanchard. Because Tully Blanchard was notorious when he was the TV champion for running. We're getting counted out. Well, I get to keep the title. And then he had a match at Starcade 84 with Ricky Steamboat. And they had the no-run rule. It said if he gets counted out, he loses the title. Well, he still ended up beating Steamboat. And... Then Dusty beat Tully for the title like two months later, and then Steamboat left. But, I mean, that's another story. Um, yeah, Steamboat, he didn't have a lot of good things to say about Dusty. But, but anyway. The last person that was a chicken, also the honky-tonk man, walked out in many intercontinental title matches. Yeah, but the honky-tonk man, he was just obnoxious. I mean, I, I would I would literally walk out of the room when his matches were on. I'm like, oh. Really, him? It's it's all perspective because a lot there there have to be people that find them as obnoxious that still hold things against him for his online vitriol to be so so pervasive. But think about this also. Since the Honky Tonk Man had his 400-some-odd-day reign as Intercontinental Champion, what has he done? The same thing The Miz will do after he loses the WWE title to whomever shortly. What did the Honky Tonk Man do before he was the Intercontinental Champion. Not a whole lot. And he didn't do a whole lot afterwards. So he had his his time was just basically that roughly about a year and a half. Now, I need, and I know he went to the Indies, and he's done, he done a lot of stuff on the Indie circuit. Um, 
and people still like him. I mean, he's, you know, if if I had a chance to meet him, you know, I'd still shake his hand. You know, hey, you know, nice to meet you. I just was just was not a fan of, you know, him in the ring. It's he the honky tonk man, whether you like him or not, has made a living in professional wrestling. Oh, he has. I mean, oh, there's no doubt. And even today with his shoot interviews, the man is an entertaining character. Um, but have you heard what Eric Bischoff has said about him? Well, Eric Bischoff has activity towards a few people. Well, but he has a special he has a special place in, in his heart for the honky tonk man. Because he said he took so much great pleasure in firing him. He said, I wish I could hire him back so I could fire him again. But the 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 whole um the whole thing with the honky tonk man he's still somewhat relevant in two thousand twenty one. And and all you have to do is pull up his shoot interviews. And he he gets paid. He's got some very popular shoot interviews on the internet. Honky Tonk Man tells it the way it is. Well, he tells it the way it is according to the Honky Tonk Man, according to Wayne Ferris. So, I I mean, you may not have liked the character, but for it doesn't change the fact he's the longest reigning intercontinental champion in history. And I really wish they would change that. They did it to demolition. Well, the honky talk man, still the longest reigning intercontinental champion. And that may never change. Put me in there. It would change. Well, and he was the intercontinental champion when the title was prestigious. And that's something else. I'd make I'd make the titles prestigious again. But the Miz, the eight time intercontinental champion, six time tag team champion, two time heavyweight champion, money in the bank winner. Like he, he's done everything except he- win Royal Rumble. Yeah, he has not held the universal title either, but I'd get rid of that title anyway. I would just have the one title that would float between both shows. But anyway. And that that's not going to happen because you have Fox and USA Network separating it. Um, and actually, I will throw, you know, since you're comparing to the Honky Tonk Man, I'll even give you this. The Honky Tonk Man may have had the longest reign single reign, the Miz actually has more days as Intercontinental Champion by Cumulative. Hey, it counts. I, I, I mean, as far as today's characters, he, when his time comes here, you can imagine he'll want to stay home and be a dad to his kids here shortly. And, and spend all the money he's been making. Hopefully, to spend all the money he's been saving. Right, which he's done very well financially in reality TV and wrestling. 
and his his wife is very well known in the real estate industry out in California. The man owns a three point seven million dollar home. So he's doing pretty good for himself. Yeah. And and has he really injured himself? He's got a smoking hot wife. Ah, you know, there's a lot of reasons to hate him, but you can't say he hasn't done professional wrestling proud. Like, good for him. Because he respects the business. And that's one of the things he's maintained. This is this is what makes him different from the honky-tonk man and more comparable to Tully Blanchard because he's maintained that level of success for a very long time. The only thing that derailed Tully was the drugs. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. But, I mean, but he was, Tully was still, everywhere he went, he was holding gold. So, Honky Tonk Man just, he, he was the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion, but how many other titles has he held? Even on the Indies. The the Miz really, um, is there a comparison for him? I I mean, you just look at their demeanors. Tully was a no nonsense heel that was smart enough to walk out and keep the title. William Regal it was the chicken heel of the early nineties in WCW and did the same thing, time limit draws, as a television champion. You could use him as a comparison as well. Um, fortunately, here's here's another comparison, if you want to think about it. Jeff Jarrett. Hmm. Because, well, as far as being polarizing. Polarizing? You... Um, Multiple-time Intercontinental Champions, multiple roles on the card. But Jarrett Jarrett never made it above the Intercontinental Champion, except for when he went to an organization he was running. No, he he was multiple-time WCW Champion. Oh, no, they're showing where Asuka got her tooth kicked out. Oh, Hey, you're talking about Jeff Jarrett right now. Sorry, I had not seen that video yet. Um, but Jeff Jarrett was a multiple-time WCW champion. That and here's the the one downfall to the Miz. He's never been the star. Of the Even holding the title belts. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. He's always been a bit player. A pretty high-ranking bit player. Those are good to have, but if you were to pick a roster um, of current WWE talent, The Miz is not one of your first ten draft picks. Um... I'm not so sure about that. I'd have to see what I'd have to see the entire roster. 
you take the entire roster of both sides, um, are you picking Roman Reigns over the Miz? Uh, probably. All right, so there's one. Are you going to take Drew McIntyre over the Miz? Probably. All right, two. Uh, Braun Strowman over the Miz? Mm. That's a maybe. I mean, I like Braun Strowman, but... Uh, Charlotte Flair. Oh, I'll definitely take Charlotte. All right, there's three. Sasha Banks? Maybe. Oh. Um, I'm still not entirely sold on Sasha, dude. Bailey? No. So I would take all four women, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte Flair over the Miz. Um, Big E and the New Day. Big E, yes. Uh, maybe as a tag team, Xavier and Kofi. Um, Kofi, Kofi had his, his his time in the sun as a single, and he definitely earned it. But I think he's better, you know, as part of the New Day. You have the. The Hurt Business. And I'll use that. Well, I like Bobby Lashley. And I like Shelton Benjamin. Well, you know what? I like them all. I know it sounds weird. I like all those guys individually. And I do like the Hurt Business, but I like them better individually. So, I, I mean, you pick whomever. But you say Bobby Lashley. I'm taking Bobby Lashley before The Miz. I'm taking Karrion uh, Cross before The Miz. Well, and here's – okay, just like any kind of draft in any kind of sports league, you'll draft the roles that you need. Because if you draft all superstars, well, you're not going to have any superstars the whole discussion, the downside of the Miz, bit player before superstar. And you do need bit players. And role players are way better on a team than superstars. Right. But role player, yes. Superstar, main event talent, seller of pay-per-views, that's not that's not the miss. So I can see where his criticism is legitimate. So you're saying some of the hate is justified. Or just say criticism. I think hate may be too strong of a word. Some of it, some of it is justified because he's a he's a role player and not not the A list talent. And that's not bad. Like, that shouldn't be a negative. It is. But he's not someone they're going to put on all the posters or that's going to main event WrestleMania and, like, be the true main event. You don't buy – I guess that's the whole thing is you don't buy the network to watch The Miz. 
Not yet, but I think they may be be trying to rebuild him a little bit. But I don't know because they also have him with Morrison. But you're you're not going to buy the network to watch him lose to Bad Bunny here in six weeks. No, I'm I'm getting you know, and you know it's going to happen. We don't. Bad Bunny, he may be very talented as a rapper, you know, and that, that shows because, I mean, he's like the number one right now. Hey, that's cool. Dude's talented. Stick to that. I mean, and, and I and I can tell he actually does respect the business as well, which is good. But I don't know. Um, having him as the 24-7 champion, and I know this sounds weird, but that kind of devalues that title. And that's probably the least valuable title in the company right now, as it is, ever. And and, and one thing, he's not even defending it. Like they have no goofy segments for him. Right, and I was kind of wondering that when they showed him, he's in backstage area, and I'm looking for our truth to show up wearing like an actual bunny suit and rolling him up and pinning him. But. And this is all for cheap publicity, but you're going to feed in March your current champion, and by April he's going to be losing to a celebrity. I hope that doesn't happen. It's going to happen. Oh, well, dude. Well, I'll say to say to the answer to the question, I'd say it's about 25% justified. <laughs> but but we got about five minutes left, so we should probably go ahead and get ready to wrap this up a little bit because what do you think we're going to be talking about next week? Because I know our schedule got kind of thrown off some because of the whole super cooties that I happened to catch, and it just knocked me out of commission. But we, I, I think yeah. we were going to the top ten careers outside of wrestling. Uh, that or with it being so close to St. Patrick Day's, you cannot do European wrestling for our British fans. I'll tell you what. Yeah, um, let's just discuss the UK. So we'll go United Kingdom. And when we say United Kingdom, that in, that includes England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. But I will include the Republic of Ireland in there as well. So we'll say the UK and Ireland. So we're going to sing the song of my people next week. And You're... I am going to find ways to bring up Grado. Bring up what? Grado. You know who Grado is, right? I should. Oh, you're missing out. Well, we'll have to discuss that mystery next week. So, so, so next week, UK and Ireland, that's going to be our discussion because we have figured out we have some fans across the pond and – we had a spike in downloads not too long ago. I told you about that. Uh, and it was actually while I was out of commission 
I wish I would have caught it like that day, but I still wouldn't have been able to do anything about it because I was not in any shape at all uh, for making a, a podcast. Um, but we're trying to make up for that now, and maybe we will have some special episodes on other days besides Monday. Because Friday didn't seem like a bad day, but we also have other stuff going on on Fridays too. So Let's not push it. My wife's only going to put up with so much. Right. Mine too. <laughs> so, uh, so, so UK wrestling, it, it'll be fun. Maybe one of those UK listeners can call in. Uh, yes, we'll have to see how that works because they're they're five hours ahead of us. So, until next week. Until next week, my friend. We will keep in touch. All right. Take care, guys. All right, man. See ya.